every single Saturday once I turn the microphone on on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! Yeah. Rocking at the old cap. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's for you, Marilyn. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. Hey, let's get right into it. So many things to so many things to do to talk about to to let you know what's going on. Oh, let's go out of this one here. Uh, Saturday morning, April third, twenty twenty one. First Saturday in April. Don't forget, property taxes due next week. That's right. No forgiveness this year. I think last year. Matter of fact, I'm sure if you sent in a notice that you were somehow affected by the COVID, which who wasn't? I mean, the stress. And they would forgive some penalties. I forget how late they gave you to turn it in. Not this year. No, no, no. That was no more Mrs. Uh, Nice Guy there with uh, or Mrs. Well, who is it? Karen Adams. She collects the taxes. There was a notice in the paper about when you need to get them in, when they need to be postmarked or else they'll be delinquent. Pretty hefty penalty. Some of you folks that have bought the newer homes, the more expensive ones, you don't want to, you don't want to screw that up. So pay those taxes due next uh, next Saturday for sure, or postmarked by. Postmarked by. I think the, that's the whole key. Get them postmarked by Saturday. So where else are we going? We were talking about the city council meeting in Merced this coming Monday night, April fifth. It's going to be a virtual meeting. Nobody's allowed in the chamber. Hopefully, they'll change that. I hope they do. I really do. Also, want to let folks know there's a cleanup today at Joe Herb Park. Uh, the super spreader event. No, I'm just teasing. Even though we're in the purple, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Everything will be fine. Just fine. It's okay. That starts at 8, 8, 830. I don't know. Get over there. Mayor Matt Serrato. I'll tell you, what a spark plug. What a spark plug. I'm sure a lot of other city staff, other council members will be there. This is District 4, District 4 cleanup, the surrounding Joe Herb Park area. You're right on the edge of the county there, so don't wander too far. Of course, who knows? Mayor could pull an audible. You guys could be going anywhere, uh, cleaning up uh, a freeway. Who knows? Railroad tracks. Just don't get on the tracks. As you know, we're still in the purple. Not good. Not good. I'm just checking things off here. El Capitan is now open. We talked about that. Uh, I think there was an arson incident Wednesday night. Not quite sure. Railroad tracks in the creek. Hopefully it wasn't a serial arsonist. Vacant houses. uh, Looks terrible. It looks like Fresno. I don't want to get like Fresno with these uh, vacant houses being torched nightly. Not good. Uh, Fair food. Oh, I had to make a note. As you know, the fair is canceled. Uh, Very disappointed in that, but I understand. But I'm still disappointed. But the fair's... uh, even though the fair is not going to be there, they're going to do something for the FFA, the 4-Hers, the livestock exhibitors, the animal husbandry folks. Because, again, that's a big part of our community. And fair food's a big part of the uh, the fair. As you know, people like the gastronomical delights that are presented. Always new ones. There's always something new. They're frying. They're breading. They're, they're soaking in oil. But uh, the old fun favorites, you know, the cinnamon rolls, the churros, the corn dogs, the... 
Slurpees, the ICs, the, I don't know, you know, all those different things. You kind of lose track. The corn on the cob, I, I could go on it. Now that I'm thinking about it, there is quite a funnel cakes, the French fry. Anyway, they're going to have the fair food uh, drive through And whenever they put this, whenever Teresa Barola or anybody from the fair, friends of the fair, whenever they put this up, man, the community responds. It didn't work out well last year. It was a disaster. And there's an acknowledgement that, you know, the first time, I mean, hey, how many pandemics have we gone through lately? But the point is, is they're going to try real hard this year not to recreate the problems of last year when they got everybody in this maze, this uh, <laughs> this traffic cone maze that you went into uh, to cue uh, the cars up to get to the front of the line, only to find out no donuts, no cinnamon rolls, no this, no that. And there were some people, it was it was almost funny, the comments, you know, I was five months pregnant and I was looking forward to that cinnamon roll. I could have murdered the whole, it was just hilarious comments. And, and uh, really, Teresa Barola, just a, a saint in responding. I mean, I would be inclined just to, you know, log off at that point, you know, no green dot. But she responds and says, hey, you know, we acknowledge that we had some issues. But this year, Rocky, this time for sure, like Bullwinkle pulling a rabbit out of his hat. This time for sure, and uh, it's going to be a lot better. Because, again, their fair food is great. You know, and the vendors, God bless the ones that go out there and try to make a couple of bucks, you know, fire up the 50 gallons of oil or whatever they're doing out there. How about that kettle corn? Man, I used to love watching that guy make that kettle corn. Talk about money. You you know how much kettle corn you can get out of a 50-pound bag of, of popcorn mix or seeds or whatever the heck they call that, popcorn? unbelievable amount they use about a quarter cup people just lined up how much 20 bucks so again the loss of revenue is horrible but just the loss of fun is is not not great anything so uh fun versus reality the reality of the fair food was it was a little rough but i know they're going to be moving them through i would suggest walking through the line with with samples keeping it real in real time almost like a golf game you know you're on the 18th hole and you wonder what's going over on three because if they run out of cinnamon rolls again, don't tell anybody, you're going to have a riot. It's going to be bad. Vaccination clinics, now there's more vaccine than arms in Merced County. Kind of an interesting uh, phenomena that's going on, especially with all the clamoring of the uh, you know vaccine inequity, uh, inequity, inequity, not getting it to the communities, the people that, you know, the essential workers. I mean, who isn't? So anyway, kind of interesting, though, that they're running out of arms. In these clinics, I heard on the teacher front, because that's been a big touting, you know, of which groups we've got vaccinated already. I understand first responders are pretty much done. The nursing homes, if they're not completely done, they're doing good. Um, the other one was teachers. Big deal about teachers getting the kids back into classroom instruction. And as you know, I believe almost every school now is back to in-person instruction. If not, and I may be wrong, it happens once in a while. If I am wrong, there's they're going back soon. And the direction is next year, all in-person instruction. We're done with this virtual learning. That was a, an experiment that went awry. I'm sure there'll be a lot of hot spots thrown in a pile somewhere. I imagine they're good for a while. But like any technology and need, uh, when it's not needed, why use it? So hopefully the distance learning model will be retired forever and ever. But 40% of the teachers didn't want, and again, this is a statistic I heard. It could be wrong. Maybe it's 37. But a pretty substantial uh, number, you know, 
in, in my mind. I mean, whenever you get over 10%, something like that, when you're faced with a pandemic where you could die, you know, you're on a respirator, and you get 40% of the people that said, you know what, I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> I'm going to uh, see how this goes. I've heard a lot of people, they won't say no, but they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not in the group yet. You know, I haven't made an appointment. I'll get around to it. It doesn't seem to be a clamoring. Where you have some people, they just can't wait. And they were very, very, very upset. And especially some of the uh, service providers, the healthcare providers that, you know, they couldn't get the vaccine to put in people that wanted it. Well, now, guess what? Plenty of vaccine. Plenty of vaccine and not a lot of people that want it. What else do they want to talk about? Navigation Center open. Uh, they have quite a few people there now. Lloyd Pereira gave us an update. I can't remember. What, it's not full. But uh, getting a lot of people over there, I don't think it's going to take long to get that filled up. Uh, Violence Against Asians March. I have that written down because there is a uh, there is some sort of march today. I'm trying to remember. Why did I not write this down? I think it starts at 10 o'clock over at the community center, over at the uh, city hall. And they're going to march over to Courthouse Park. There's going to be some speeches and that sort of thing. As you know, there's been a lot in the news lately uh, about the violence against Asian Americans. I believe there was a shooting in Atlanta, some massage parlors where the victim, or excuse me, the well, the victims, uh, I think four out of six or six out of eight, I don't know how many people lost their lives there, were Asian Americans. And I understand the concern, and there's no reason for hate crimes, it's it's frustrating to me because I think most crimes are hate crimes. I know there's crimes of passion, but uh, to, you know, malice in one's heart to harm another individual, kill another individual, strike another individual, I don't think it's usually out of love. It's usually for some sort of malice in your heart, some sort of hate in your heart towards that individual or just to try to dominate them. And again, it's not out of love. So hate crimes is a a relative term is kind of like assault weapon. Uh, assault is an action, and hate is a, is an emotion, and a, it's something that because you have uh, crimes against a certain ethnic group, it's either easy to label it a hate crime, especially when the perpetrator is not of that ethnic group. But what 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 is it when they are? I know here in Merced we had a, a sex worker. I don't know if it was from a massage parlor or not. I think she was from the Bay Area. And the individual threw her body away in a dumpster over there behind the uh, what's the CVS on Olive Avenue. Turns out that he was disposing of a body of, uh, of, a, of an Asian person, a sex worker that he knew. And they were both Asian. I believe he either had something to do with the massage parlor or had have something to do with bringing her over. And so many people are trafficked this way, uh, not only from Asia, but other countries to pay their way to get to America, the land of of promise and plenty. And of course, Asian gangs, uh, whether they be Hmong or other uh, ethnicities, have been a problem here in the Valley uh, for a while. And again, Asian on Asian violence. And you'll find that a lot of ethnic groups prey upon people within their own community. It's very, very sad in San Diego, uh, Mira Mesa had a, it's a suburb of the city of San Diego, had a high Asian population, Filipino population, a lot of folks from the Navy, from the service, their family members settled there, and 
the crime home invasions were really a problem in the 90s early part of the century in that community because the folks knew that uh, that particular population especially some of the older generation they kept everything at their homes they didn't trust banks uh, they kept everything in you know precious metals that sort of thing uh, because they had been through so many civil issues with governments and not being able to trust government there was a great distrust of government and some of these gangs some of these uh, folks within their own community would prey upon the individuals there was also a generational living where you had four or two or three generations in the same house you had mom and dad the children the grandparents maybe even the great-grandparents and so a lot of folks uh, under one roof and just a tremendous uh, opportunity for criminals uh, to threaten one member of the family to try to get the others to give it up. And there were some really sad situations in San Diego during those periods. I remember there was one, an officer was responding to a home invasion. An Asian gang had broken into a house. And in his response, uh, going code three, lights and sirens, perfectly legal, ran into a, a lady that was pulling out of a parking lot of a mall in Mira Mesa and killed her instantly. Uh, injured the officer very badly, of course, very traumatic for the officer. And the individuals got away. He might have even been in pursuit of the car. I think, as I remember this now, he was had responded to the house and the people were just leaving that had robbed these folks. And again, I know it's kind of a long story, but the, po the point is, is violence against anybody is wrong. Violence against any group is wrong. And uh, again, I, I would encourage people to Go out and listen, if you have the time, uh, to these folks today, uh, the Violence Against Asians March. Uh, it's supposed to, again, start, I believe, about eight, uh, 10 o'clock, excuse me, about 10 o'clock over at the uh, community center, uh, the uh, Civic Hall, and march over to Courthouse Museum. As I said, school is back in season. Oh, another thing that's going to happen today is cleanup day over at Joher Park. We talked about that. It's going on. Uh, well, now this is the night. This is the bonus half hour. It started. Uh, lunch will be served at eleven, eleven thirty. They have enough food for a lot of people, so uh, should be a fun time. Go over there, and then in a couple of weeks, uh, they've been spot highlighting businesses. The city of Merced has the city council. Uh, Mayor Serrato. And the next one to be highlighted is on the 17th, Saturday, the 17th, two weeks from today, Bangkok Thai. Uh, that'll be the business they're helping. The last one, as you know, was Kova's. That was uh, over there by the Merced Inns and Suites where they had Project Room Key. My understanding, Project Room Key has wrapped up. And uh, those folks that were there actually went over to the Navigation Center. I don't know if everybody went, but the nine, uh, as my understanding, there were nine that were left that went over there. Let's go through the city council agenda for Monday. City of Merced. This is from the agenda. Again, if you want to call in, you got to call in early. I should have the number written down, but I don't. Look it up on the website. Uh, you can leave a three-minute voicemail message. That will be heard. If you write a letter or an email, they give it to the council members. They disseminate it ahead of time, ahead of the meeting. It is part of the record, but they don't read it. The city clerk doesn't read it. I wish they would. I think all correspondence, all uh, emails should be read into the record because if it was a normal city council meeting, 
where the public was invited, people would get up there and they would talk. So what's the difference if it's a written communication? And, of course, they always ask the mayor, has everybody seen it? Any questions? There never are. So right off the bat in the closed session, uh, they're having real property negotiations on 3033 G Street. And for those folks that ever paid your Sunstar bill, that's where it used to go because that was the old Sunstar building. Now, I thought, and I, and I had reported that the Merced City School District uh, was going to buy this building. And I, I checked with, my, uh, with a source and was told that, yes, they were in negotiations. It had proceeded fairly far along, but then it fell out of bed. And it's not a viable option anymore. So, again, without the benefit of talking to Dr. Rogers, who I believe is still on suspension, he's a superintendent with the Merced City School Districts. Haven't, I haven't heard anything about his suspension. But when he first came over, there was talk of uh, getting a new headquarters, a new facility, I think. And as I'm remembering this, they may have decided to go out to Castle. Uh, but they're trying to negotiate with a firm, uh, Sencal Land and Cattle Company. And it was interesting because the Sunstar building, as you know, was talked about being potentially the police station, the new central police station. And that, that's why the city of Merced acquired it after the Sunstar moved out. It was for that purpose. The talk at the time was, can it be renovated to meet the purposes, you know, remodeled, renovated, Without a complete teardown, or is it a complete teardown and we need to start from scratch? We did a, need asse- a needs assessment with the former police chief. Uh, that really, you know, was so broad-based. It wasn't, you know, there was no drawings. There was no plans. It was based on the number of officers potentially someday. I thought, you know, quite frankly, a waste of, of resources. But what do I know? It turns out that we uh, don't want the Sunstar building. We've had it for sale for some time. Again, I thought Merced City Schools was going to buy it. Now we're talking with this other company. But I think it's being looked at, quite frankly, now as maybe housing. Because instead of a old Sunstar building on five-plus acres, it's five-plus acres in the heart of Merced. Right on G Street. Uh, transit, uh, established businesses, uh, sewer water, you name it. It's all right there in G Street. And again, an established transportation corridor. So what better than infill development? No, it won't be an ADU. It'll probably be an apartment complex, condos, something. Maybe a mixed-use development. I don't know. But uh, that's what it's, uh, it's going on with the old Sunstar site. It uh, looks like it maybe will go to a non-governmental agency, which is kind of interesting. Then there's an item. I don't really know what it's about, but it's interesting. It's the city of Merced. Los Banos and Atwater uh, versus uh, MCAG, the Merced County Association of Governments. I can only assume this is something that happened when Mayor Murphy was around, because I know he had some uh, some heartburn with some of the things MCAG was doing, some of the ways money was being dispersed. But again, I'm not sure. I tried to read the staff report. There was none. But it's just a report to city council on ongoing litigation. So I'll try to find out some more information on that, what this specific issue was. It's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Uh, there will be a uh, award or a presentation received by Amelia Flores de Perez of the Valley Crisis Center. Of course, Valley Crisis Center, one of the great things going on in our community uh, to try to help uh, victims of sexual violence, sexual assault, that sort of thing. So many things, you know, sexual trafficking. It's just unbelievable. 
Developmental Services getting $170,000 to their revenue account. Only can imagine because of so much development going on. A lot of connections, new houses, that sort of things, permits, plans to review. Of course, the next item, I-7, this is on the consent item, new subdivision map for Bellevue Ranch West, Village 18A, 44 or 45 single-family lots. But I'll tell you, these lots, small today, folks. Man, there's not much room to throw the ball to Fido. It'll be over, you know, four neighbors' fence. 6,000, five to 6,000 square foot lots, except on the bulb of one of the cul-de-sacs. Then they had like a 14,000. Boy, I'd love to, if you were in the neighborhood, that'd, that'd be the jewel of the neighborhood there, the party house. But uh, somewhat funny, the names. Courtney Court, Kelsey Court, and Sophie Court. Must be names out of someone's daughters or kids. I, I just thought that was kind of funny. But again, very small lots, but they are building them. They keep going. Infill development over there at Bellevue Ranch. Uh, item I-8, this is a street closure. Downtown Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. They have come to the city uh, to host a monthly farmer's market event. They're calling it the El Mercado. This is on Thursdays with the exception of May 5th. They want to start this thing on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, as you know, there's been several starts and stops and missteps with Farmer's Market. They've called it different things. They've moved around different nights. What they want to do right now is start off one night a month, maybe go to two nights a month, and then every Thursday night. They want to start off on Cinco de Mayo. One of the things I was concerned about, I had their proposal to the Economic Development Department in the downtown area uh, one of the things I was, because I'm not going to have time to talk about the whole proposal, but security, let me just read here, security, the M, uh, Hispanic Chamber will develop and implement a health and safety plan, follow, follow federal, state, and local laws. And by the way, they did get permission from the health department. They're considering this an outdoor air event. So as long as you do the social distancing and wear your mask, you're okie dokie. Uh, signage will be placed intermittently throughout the marketplace, reminding attendees to socially distance themselves. Uh, local law enforcement officers will be invited to have a presence at the Mercado if police officers are not available to officer support. To offer support, uh, the Hispanic Chamber may consider hiring private security. I'm telling you, if you're going to have this event on Cinco de Mayo, and if you're going to have people there, any kind of, uh, you know, especially the first time, I would really encourage you to have security. And I think the MPD would be. Uh, more than happy to be there. They have guns, the radios, all of those things. I don't think the cameras, their surveillance systems, and just hopefully the goodwill of people. Because this was one of the problems, unfortunately, that happened during the last, uh, well, not the last, but, you know, we had some university events and some other things downtown. And, well, it just got a little, uh, little out of hand, and we had to close them down, and one of the concerns was crime. So, need to do that. Let's see, what else? There was a... Uh, going to be talking about the city's priorities and goals this was the goal setting session that happened a couple of weeks ago uh, finally uh, consolidating that let's see a wide disparity oh the uh, adoption of the engineering maintenance districts these are the cfds we uh, affectionately call them uh, senate bill one the gas tax they're going to accept a hundred a million two hundred fifty three thousand dollars from the state we're going to match it with a million three ninety and do some projects downtown, repave some streets and put in some curbs and sidewalks. So your gas tax money working for you. Again, Adam Gray, instrumental in bringing that to Merced, along with Ace 
the Ace Train and Campus Parkway. If you have not been along the Campus Parkway uh, construction corridor, my word, it's just amazing what's going on there. Well, folks, look, we are out of time for the bonus half hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, Citizen Watch. So happy that you have uh, been able to stick with us. Hopefully, we'll have some good guests or some content next week. We'll see you later. Around.